There's such an importance in being taught and being taught well. The reason that we go to school is so we can be educated, so that we can learn from people who have gone before us to be taught invaluable lessons that are going to help us to further ourselves as we go through life. Well, the same can be said for us in the spiritual sense. You know, we have these spiritual senses and sometimes we feel like there isn't enough education or there isn't enough tools and resources. Well, today, my guest is Melody Pash and she is the founder of Now Interpret This. She's also an author and a prophet and she is training up the next level of people who are called the remnant, those who have been saved, who have been protected for such a time as this. And so we are going to talk about what it means to be taught and trained and move into the kingdom of God. So welcome, Melody. Welcome to Touch by Prayer. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Lisa. I'm very excited to be here. Well, this is such a this is this is so great because what you have been doing through your school now interpret this. It you have just been finding people and or and people have been finding you because there have been things that have kind of been unlocked through this new surge of what I call like um like a Holy Spirit revival, I guess. And and I think that a lot of people are looking for that education. How, how do you think that, what do you see right now that's happening? Oh, listen, I think that we are in a time where uh, the harvest is really ripe. You know, there's so much going on. People are so open. They're so hungry. And the way the times are in the earth right now, people are more and more seeking. They may be seeking in the wrong place, but people are always seeking. And if we show up with the answers, then they're listening. They really are. They're so hungry. So I think it's very important that we are trained and we're able to deliver and able to operate in excellence and operate well where we're um, not not tainting or defiling the reputation of uh, Creator God, which unfortunately a lot of a lot of the let's say past traditional church where there was a lot of judgment and in in those spiritual things, a lot of times people were were not really encouraged to run to the Spirit of God to to come to the Spirit of God, but were or really pushed away, just shut down. So I think that this new remnant of people are coming up, they're edgy, they're different, they're very sensitive, they're more discerning, they're not judging, they're more discerning, and they have to learn that delivery so that they can really pull that, begin to pull that harvest in because people are, they're starving. They're just starving. Well, you know, back in the Old Testament, they had prophet schools. Like if you were called to be a prophet, yes. they Hello. had schools. <laughs> there, there was a reason exactly. for that. <laughs> exactly. And and it's it's funny that you don't see that now. It's so interesting because uh you know Saul when Saul Saul was with the school of the prophets, right? Uh everybody was saying to him, Are are you are you one of the prophets too? And what did he say? Is like, you know, with, with the prophets, you prophesy, right? That's right. We, we have these gifts, and these gifts kind of get unlocked. And I think that when people yeah. start to understand, well, you know, this is the whole thing. There was like a New Age movement, and this New Age movement started mm-hmm. to uncover the giftings. 
But the, these giftings yeah. were, were placed in this new agey cocoon of like, this is what new age people do. And the church was like, ah, aha, you can't do that because, but these, but those gifts were hijacked from us. They were stolen yeah, from almost. his children and they've been hijacked right. into this other form because it works. Right. Because see, God doesn't right. create stuff right. that doesn't work. <laughs> it works. Yeah. yeah. And so Absolutely. that's what I think happened. And, and like you were saying earlier, that the church was shutting it down. Well, I mean, if you go back, you know, it's very interesting because I've always, I've always had a fascination with like witches. I really have. Like I read Anne Rice's witches mm. books. Um, I read about yeah. the vampire books, but you know, and I was always very drawn like to the, um, to the witch trials, the Salem witch trials. What I'm starting mm-hmm. to understand now is some of those women were spirit filled. That's how they knew some of the Hello. stuff that they did. They yeah, knew yeah. because they were spirit filled. They, these were these were Jesus loving women and men who yeah. had the Holy Spirit that was operating in them in such a powerful way. And then the church yeah. was like, you're witches because they didn't understand it because the Holy Spirit's right. not going to go where the Holy Spirit's not welcome. Case closed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, look at Joan of Arc. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, let's burn her. Let's burn her at the stake because we don't understand what's going on. And and the Holy Spirit. I mean, God doesn't speak audibly to anybody. Of course not, right? <laughs> I mean, He is God, and right. He can do whatever He wants to. Right. But he would never speak audibly to anybody because it's not in our theology. It's not in our doctrine. Well, you know, it's Sad. it's what's interesting is just because it hasn't happened to you doesn't mean it hasn't happened, period. And I think that mm. we are so us focused. Well, it, it, it doesn't happen to me. So therefore, it must not be, you know, and we become yeah. so, so, so people focused and we forget that God, listen, he made a donkey talk. I'm just saying, if Hello. he if he can make Hello. a donkey talk, I have no problem <laughs> having right. to say right. something. I'm one step above yeah, a donkey. I have, I have no, yeah, I have no issue believing that God can speak through me if He was speaking through a donkey. I'm with you. Right, I'm with you all the way. And so now, because you of know? this this new age movement that came, all of a sudden, like people are starting to hear about it. Plus, oh my gosh, we are in we are in an uh, an era where if you want to find out about something, you YouTube it, and you can see a video of it in its in action. So right. you can see word of right. knowledge. You can see people being healed. You can see people being raised from the dead. So sure. so now you're getting proof that this stuff is working. You have a hunger right. because we are created for the supernatural and it's, and we have been supernaturally starved for so long from the church. Sure. sure. And so yeah. you have a combustion. What, Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what the prophetic's about. You know, our school is, you know, like dream interpretation and the intuitive gifts. We call it the intuitive gifts because it's about the seers and the hearers and the feelers and the, but, but we use a platform of dream interpretation, prophetic words, which we call readings. The reason is because we want to be, we're, we're not watering anything down. We want to be in, uh, using a language that's uh, something that the, the people who are not in the church actually understand, right? Right. They understand a reading. They don't understand a prophetic word. They don't know what that is. And they're afraid that if it's anything coming from God, it's going to be a finger in the face, shaking at them, uh, 
basically airing their dirty laundry. And God is not built like that. No. He's not built like that. If that's the kind of prophetic words that you've gotten, then it was highly filtered through a human's soul. It really was. I'm not saying that God doesn't call you out, but he calls you out so gently that you're thanking it at the end of the, the word, right? You're like, oh, thank you, right? Because the conviction of the Holy Spirit is so much different than the judgment of man. And we forget that we're not called to judge. We're called to discern. And sometimes even in the prophetic, people will see things and they think that everything they see, they're, they're supposed to say, well... You've got to discern some of what God's telling you to see if that's about intercession, because prophetic people are supposed to be intercessors, right? And we're all supposed to carry the empathy of God. So there's this there's this situation where, like you were saying, we as humans, we judge humans, and we judge uh, even the operation of the Holy Spirit because it's not something we understand or we are are adept in there. We're not we're not experiencing it every day. Right. Can, can we just kind of take like three steps back just so we can, just for those sure. who are listening who might not understand some of these, these words. So somebody sure. who has a word of knowledge, right, which you, which you basically, mm-hmm. you add another word for it, which was, so somebody who has word, word of, knowledge. of knowledge. Well, we, we, we call, I mean, all of that to me fits under the prophetic or intuitive gifting. Okay. We we just call all that intuitive giftings. It's just your intuition or or your spirit hearing from God. That's that's all it is. And it's you're hearing you, from God. Right. And it's usually telling something a truth about them. And it's something that only God would be able to know. That it's not something right. that we should know naturally. It's something that God places inside of us right. to to confirm something that is going on. So it like, you know, Sean Bowles, who has an incredible prophetic gifting when he called out my daughter, Samantha, he also said, I see you have like a a crazy love for Elvis. Is there an Elvis? Well, that's our dog. Right. So that's, that's a confirmation. Knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And a a lot of times word knowledge is going to be about like a lot of times that's going to be connected to, uh, things that are actually in the natural, like your dog, happening in especially in uh, areas of healing. You know, there a lot of times you'll get a little word of knowledge when, when maybe you feel something in some part of your body, and it's some place that some area where uh, the person that you're talking to needs a healing in that area. Sometimes it comes like that too. It's it can be very much that type of word. Right. And so let's, so that also brings us into the next thing that you said was a feeler. So a feeler feels things. So you can feel aches and pains in your body, which is not your ache and pain, but it could be for another person. So sometimes like all of a sudden I can start getting, I was at work and um, I took a credit card from a, a customer. And as soon as I touched that credit card, my hand began to hurt. Now, my hand did not hurt mm. before that. So I went, I, mm-hmm. I went through the whole transaction with her credit card and I came back over and the Lord was nudging me saying, you're going to ask her. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and mm. I, so I had to ask, I said, do you happen to have pain in your hand? And she said, yes, mm. I do. And I showed her where, and she said, yes, that's it. Now, yeah. the interesting thing is, as she said, how did you know that? And I said, well, 
I'm very spiritual because <laughs> I don't like to say religious. And I said, Perfect. and, and, and God, go. yes, and God shows me stuff. And she says, well, well what yeah. does that mean? I said, he wants me to pray for you. And she said, really? Mm. I said, yeah. And I said, I said, so the minute I started to get the pain, she goes, wait, you have my pain? I said, yes, because God wants me to know how to pray. Mm. And, she, mm-hmm. and that was it. And I handed her That's back good. her card and I started to pray. And I said, you should be feeling better. And that was it. I didn't lay hands on mm. her. I didn't command anything Yeah. because I didn't, yeah. that wasn't what I was supposed to do, but it was to open up that dialogue. Yeah. So when she comes back the next sure. time, she might actually engage. Yeah. And I think one of the things about having um, classes and having a teacher teaching you about these is to use different approaches. And I think that's, Melody, that's something you are so like, concerned about teaching people is how to deliver that information to someone. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It there's you can have a gift, right? You can have a gift and you can be operating in it sort of hairy carry, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. You can be out there just throwing it all over the place. But sometimes it's it lands like debris on people because you don't have the right language, uh, you know, because God's language, number one, God's language is different than ours. So the the vessel who's delivering the message basically has to assimilate it, you know, process it. So it comes into us in whatever way, if we're a hearer, if we're a seer, if we're feel or whatever, whatever way we receive the message and everybody gets it different ways. Some people get it, get it lots of different ways. I hear, I sense. I see it's a lot of different things for me. Sometimes I'm reading a ticker tape over somebody's head, you know, mm. and I'm just reading the next word as I finish the last one. But but the thing is, if we're not delivering with the heart of love and intent that belongs to God's heart, then we're still missing it. That's right. Because what's what's going to happen is the recipient is never really going to open up because remember we as people are portals, right? We're, we're like gates, we're portals. We carry the kingdom of God. So we have to be open to be a receptor. And if we deliver the heart and the love and the, the intent of God correctly, then those receptors, that, that recipient is always going to be wide open. And when they're wide open, then the creative sound of God, which is the word that he delivers through us, is actually going to create and frame the person's world so that there is actual change in their lives. It might be within a minute, it might be within 10 years. That It's not our job to worry about that. It's our job to make sure we deliver in a way that they can, that's palatable that enough that they can actually take it in, ingest it, and open up and receive. That's really our job. Yeah, but I think a lot of people who, you know, I think when you get excited, and this is what I've seen, that sometimes when somebody gets really excited about, you know, say salvation, We'll start with salvation because this is this one's a key one for me. You know, um, I was sitting with someone. We were we were talking. We were having this conversation. I was praying over her. There was a gentleman who was across from us who was listening. Now I knew he was listening. Now so did Mm -hmm. the person I was praying. She's like, 
he's listening to us. I said, yes, I know. And she says, I think I'm going to go over and I'm going to ask if he wants me to pray with him. Now, in my spirit, I, I was like, <laughs> warning Will Robinson, do not go, do not go, you know? And I was like, yeah. are you sure about that? We did. Right. <laughs> And she was like, no, no, I, I, I really feel that I'm supposed to. I was like, oh, okay. You know, because you trial and error, you have to. Yeah. As soon as yeah. she went over, he said, no, thank you. And then he got up and left. Yeah. So when she came back and, yeah. and sat with me, I said, you know, that's really important for you to ask Holy Spirit to see whether or not you're supposed to do mm. something like that. I said, because yeah. had you not gone over there, he might have listened and he might have listened more and his heart might have been convinced of something to be true without us having to say a word to him yeah. because he was listening. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. the biggest problem. So people who want to do salvation, you know, and even I, I have been not, I don't want to say, well, judged, we'll say judged. I have been judged because there have been times I've prayed over people and the first response is, well, did, did you, did, did they get saved? I said, I, I don't yeah. know. And they said, well, you need to make sure that you bring them into salvation. And I looked at the person. Mm -hmm. I said, if Holy Spirit doesn't tell me to bring them into salvation, that's not my job. My job was to do what Holy yeah. Spirit told me to do. That's it. Case closed. Yeah. And there have been times yeah. where we were leading towards salvation because it just everybody that was with me, we were leading these people towards salvation. And the Holy Spirit said to me, do not lead them into salvation because they're going to be forced mm -hmm. and it's going to turn them off. You just pray over them. Huh. And I stopped. Yeah. I stopped what I was going to do, which was lead them into salvation. Because that's why we were all out there. But they did not. Sure. The one did. The one understood and wanted it. And I, and I prayed about it. And mm -hmm. I asked the Lord, well, what do I do? He said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of him. But it was the other two yeah. that the Lord was more concerned about. Because yeah. they would have felt pressured. And that is not yeah. who Jesus is. Jesus does not pressure people to come to the kingdom. He just opens his arms and no. says, come. Right. And it's all, it's all about relationship. I mean, That's right. you know, you can be relational with people like Jesus. Jesus was always relational with people and everything he offered. Like for one thing, he never, he never offered them spiritual, um, uh, um, uh, healing or or anything spiritual without taking care of their natural needs you know it's mm. like they he was he was there to feed them or he was there to you know whatever i mean he he was very relational and you know the word doesn't actually say you know go out into the world and get everybody saved i mean it really doesn't say that nope. it really says to go and disciple all men and if we're discipling, then we're being relational. But unfortunately, I'm saddened and, and grieved to think and to see that the Church really has not—and I've been in the Church all my life. I'm not really dissing the Church. I love the Church, and I love the body of Christ. But the traditional Church where I was raised only taught us to go and evangelize uh, like you for salvation, and we were counting the notches in our belts, right? right? We were yeah. counting the the times that we led somebody through a prayer, which they probably, most of them, or a lot of them probably, I'm not saying they all did, but a lot of them probably prayed that prayer just to get us out of their living room. And who could blame them, right? Because we weren't busy discerning what they really needed. We weren't listening to the Holy Spirit. We were just doing what we knew to do was regurgitate everything that we knew out of our intellect and our knowledge and trying to force, the, force their hand. 
which, as you said, that's not the way Jesus works. No. And I think that's why schools are important. Because I think that there are different techniques. Let me tell you something. (laughs) And I'm going to go back to my daughter. But my daughter, she went to go hear Sean Bowles because my daughter has prophetic gifting in her, which we've, she's brought mm-hmm. to my attention. I didn't have to bring to hers. So I said, why mm-hmm. don't you come to this conference so you can see a man who operates in the gifting in a, in a very powerful way? That's all I said. Mm. Now, she decided yeah. to come. Now, being a mommy, mm. I sat the night before in, in worship and I yanked on, on God's throne, uh, yanked on his robe in the throne room for 25 minutes, yanking Mm. and yanking and yanking, Mm. please, 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 please. So the next day when she decided that she was going to come, I said to the Lord, I said, you have to have this man call her out so that she knows that you speak because I can't speak to her because I'm her mother. So you have to do this. And he did. Out of a thousand people, he called my daughter out. And what's so beautiful Mm -hmm. is he spoke about her. He encouraged her. He told, he didn't say one thing about you need to go to Bible school. He didn't, he didn't tell her you need to make sure that Mm. you really study the Bible. He didn't talk anything about Bible. He didn't talk anything about religion. In fact, he just talked about Mm -hmm. how God has made her into a perfectly formed her and that she is this and she's good and she's this and she's this and she's going to do this and she's going to do that. And he really nurtured a 15 year old into a place of, this sounds like a lot of fun. And she, since, Mm. since this encounter, she is starting to talk more about God. She is starting to have these conversations with me. She is starting to listen to different Christian music, not because I forced her, but because something was blown. An ember was blown in her heart that ignited a passion to start to follow Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be ember blowers. We're not supposed to. Half of the time, we're stamping them out with our foot. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. You know, and and the word says that the prophetic, that every prophetic message, we're all supposed to covet to to prophesy. About all the gifts, we're supposed to want to prophesy, right? And that all prophecy should comfort, edify, encourage. If it doesn't comfort, edify, or encourage, then you need to look again at what's going on. But I believe that if God made us in His image, which we know that He did, right? If He made all of us, all mankind, in His image, then He put a deposit of Himself in our DNA, which all He has to do is, like you said, blow on with His breath of life, His mm-hmm. ruach, you know, the power, the breath of His life, the breath of God, or that that's all He has to do to just woo our spirits, to bring us in. He just He just pulls on that part of His DNA that's in every human being. And every human being actually knows God, whether they ever admit it or not. Absolutely. Because it is in their natural DNA. Well, I think that's why people cry. When they hear, when they feel yeah. the presence of God, yeah. when they feel the Holy Spirit tugging at their heart, I, they cry. That's what they do. So when yeah. people, and you know, it's cute because my daughter was saying that she, she didn't feel that she was ready to, to, to turn her life to God. And I said, why? She goes, well, every time mm. I start praying, I cry. And, and so I had to explain to her why she yeah. was crying. And I, and I said, the church doesn't really talk about that. 
And I, and I thought to myself, well, why? Why doesn't the church talk about that? Because I think that's mm. so important. We sit there and we beat ourselves up in church and we start crying and we think we're repenting and repenting and repenting. But really the truth is Holy Spirit is doing a beautiful work in us. He's not beating us up. He's just pulling out the thorns and the thistles and the stuff that's been hurting us and blocking us. There's no condemnation in that, but we see people crying in the pews and we think, Oh, they're repenting. Right. Well, sometimes right. they are, but sometimes Holy Spirit's just tugging on their heartstrings and just speaking words of love and encouragement and, and just singing songs over them. And they're just breaking because they can yeah. sense the, the spirit. And I think that's that's what's so beautiful about like these schools. And I call them these apostolic centers because the mm-hmm. the, the the point of the apostle is to raise up those who have just been filled with Christ right. in order for them to go out to then go pray with other people for that person to be filled up with Christ. And then for that person to go and teach them how to go teach others. Cause sure. that's, we're just yeah. all supposed to teach and build up and raise and send out. We're not supposed to have people who just don't leave. God does not want yeah, pew sitters. Yeah. We're not supposed to be holding on. Yeah, that's right. Right. Cause if you're an apostle and if you're, uh, if you're if you're building if you're building people up and and helping to refine them, then you know just live as we go into the throne room of God, right? We go into worship, we sit before Him. What does He do? He pours into us, yes. and then He doesn't want us to stay there forever. He won't allow you to stay there forever. That's a great place, but that's not. He's not going to do that because He then wants you to turn around so He can slap you on the rear end and say, "Okay, go and take that out." Right? That's what He does. Well, it's just like a bird. A baby bird has to get thrown out of the yeah. nest sometime. <laughs> you yeah, know? Absolutely. Sure. So these so sure. and that's why people need to be trained. Yeah. Absolutely. And so so one of the trainings that you do, you also teach them about dream interpretation because that's another gifting yeah. that that we see yeah. if it says we have a Christ-like mind, that means that we mm-hmm. can understand things that are in a spiritual nature. And we don't Mm -hmm. have to come into a place of confusion. See, I always go back to, you know, people say, well, the Joseph anointing. And I, I get that. But see, in the Old Testament, the spirit of the Lord was just upon them. After Jesus, the spirit of the Lord is in us. Right. It makes a huge difference of the, of who can do what we can all do it. If you are filled with the Holy spirit, then you can do all the things. And and that's including dream interpretation. So let me ask you a question. How, how has that been? That must be a very popular class for people to, to see that they can interpret. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. is a very popular class. And one of the reasons why is that people, you're absolutely right. Holy Spirit, he is the best teacher. He is the best teacher, but a lot of times he uses other humans, right? He does that to teach you things that you don't have access to. In other words, key strategies, uh, metaphoric language. What we teach for dream interpretation, and the reason it's a popular class is because people learn a metaphoric language. Well, if you don't understand the metaphors that God uses, then it's hard sometimes for you to figure it out. Like you and I talking about the dream we last talked about that you had about Joel Olstein. We were talking about that earlier before the recording. Right. It's like you didn't, you may not have known exactly what to do with all of that, but the, the deal is this. Have you ever 
woken up from a dream that was so spiritual that you actually had no language for it. It's like, okay, I had this crazy dream, but I cannot tell you about it because I don't have any English words for it. Mm. Haven't you had dreams like that that were so revelatory? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So God's language is completely different than ours, not only the spiritual part, but just the way he speaks metaphorically, which is basically a parable. He speaks in parables so much of the time. So basically what we do is we train people to have an eye for those metaphors or for the parables so that they can understand what those pieces are and then begin to understand in their own dreams because God speaks in everybody's own colloquialism. He will speak, you know, he talks to me differently than he's going to talk to you in a dream, right? That's just the way it is, because he's so individual. He is so about a one-on-one experience. So after after you begin to get some experience and you start understanding, you know, sort of the basic uh, symbology and that kind of thing, then you start to realize, okay, I know that uh, the color blue is, is uh, about revelation, and, and it's a heavenly color, and it's in, and it's about revelatory insight and all of that. But in this dream, it felt like it was about my sadness or me being blue. And he will use words like that and, and plays on words like that very, very often. And it's always interesting when somebody else, it's easier to interpret someone else's dreams than it is your own. So when somebody else is going over your dream there, you're like, wow, I never would have gotten that, which is why it's a good, it's a good idea to have a dream partner where you can sort of, you know, banter back and forth about what's going on in your dreams um, because they catch things that you didn't. And it's, it just turns out to be very interesting. But that's part of what we teach, again, is the language and how to deliver those things so that if it's a warning dream, you don't scare the heck out of people, right? But you deliver it in a way that they're going to go to the Holy Spirit and ask questions, because a lot of times a dream interpretation is going to have a call to action that's different than a prophetic word, right? The prophetic word is a creative utterance that is creating and framing something in, through, and for your life. And those are sometimes conditional, a lot of times conditional, but they don't usually have a call to action. I believe that all of the the real responsibility is on God and a prophetic word, and your responsibility as a recipient is to receive. And if you receive and come into agreement, then it can happen. But with a dream, there's an actual call to action. So we also, we do a, there are three forms or three stages in our dream interpretation that we teach. The first is your interpretive comments, which our interns give. The second is a summation, which is the most important part of your dream interpretation, because that really tells you, it answers four questions. Why was the dream given? What's going to happen if uh, nothing is done? Who is it for? And what what would be the outcome uh you know, if I answer this call or if I, what do I need to do to answer the call? And then the third thing is the ministry part of the, dec- of the interpretation, which is actually a declaration. 
where the interpreter is actually coming into agreement and speaking on behalf of the dreamer, saying, I am in agreement with you about all these things that are in your dream, and I'm coming against these things on your behalf that were exposed in your dream. So it's very cool, the stuff that's there, and how God will use the dream interpretation as a platform for, for again, a prophetic ministry a form of prophetic ministry. It's it's so much fun. Well, I think what's super cool is that people are starting to pay more attention to their dreams. I mean, it says in Joel 2, right? Yeah. It says, and I will pour out my yeah. spirit. And it said, and old men will dream dreams and young men will have visions, you know? And it says, I will pour out my spirit on women, on everybody. So, you know, God is pouring yeah. out his spirit. And I think that's why everybody's starting to have dreams. I mean, you know, um, People on Facebook not too long ago were talking about how, who's having Trump dreams because everybody was having Trump dreams, you know, because there was a oh, reason. I love it. Yeah. yeah, there was such a reason for it because it was a call to action, just yeah. like you said. It was to to sure. to tell the body, hey, pay attention. <laughs> I'm yeah. doing something. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Are you are you listening? Yes. Yeah. You know, right. and it was to. And what was interesting is that um, I've had. I've had two political dreams, one I had about Trump, one I had not so much about Hillary, but Hillary's daughter. And it was very interesting, Mm. the differences of the two dreams, because in the first dream Mm. with Donald Trump, I wasn't quite sure, but I saw he was being attacked and I saw him actually lifting off of the floor. He was lifting off of the floor, Mm. like levitating. And I started to pray in, in the spirit and all of a sudden he came back down. He came back down and I, and then I started to, to rise up and then I came back down because I started praying against it. So then we were in another room and we were talking and he was talking to me so nicely and the Lord was really showing me his character and he was showing me because mm-hmm. he handed me a check and he wanted to give me money. He wanted to endorse me. He wanted to give me money and he gave me a big check. Mm-hmm. He said, this is for you. And so the Lord was showing me his generosity. And he was showing me mm. that don't pay attention because I felt like the, the lifting up was not only demonic, but he, I felt like he was being pulled by strings. That's what I felt like, mm. that there were strings that were pulling on him. Now, cut to the second dream that I just had recently. I was at some place and I was talking positive about, about Mr. Trump. And Hillary's daughter, Chelsea, came over and started to tell me that I don't know what I'm doing and that I'm wrong and this and that. And I looked at her and I said, I know what I am doing. And I said, and I, and more importantly, I'm a woman of prayer and I pray and I have heard and I do not listen to what you say, but I only listen to what the Lord says. And all of a sudden people start clapping. (laughs) All these people started to, to clap. And I was like, all right, what does that mean? So, but these are two political dreams that God was using to show me something. That don't don't listen to what's being said or somebody trying to intimidate you. You know, you stand for the mm-hmm. truth and you will see who stands behind you. And so I think that these right. are the different dreams that God is like giving to different people. And what it's doing is it's going to change their heart set, their mindset so that we can start praying into it. Because I think right now, especially for the things that have been going on, we need to be very sensitive to Holy Spirit and what Holy Spirit is saying. And I and like, is right. that something that you are like, how do you teach that melody? How do you teach people to become sensitive 
to what Holy Spirit says. Because if Holy Spirit says go to the left, we should go to the left. And if he says go to the right, we should go to the right. But I think that needs to be taught. Right. It, it's, it does. But, but most important, um, what we try to teach is basically to be, just to be sensitive to him. And if we're sensitive, like you're saying, if we're just, if we're inclining, you know how the word says, incline your ear to me? You know, if we, if we practice inclining our ear to him and our attention to him, then we're going to hear him. And if we'll just stop and honor him, and, you know, in other words, uh, depend upon him, then we're going to hear from him. We really are. And I, I love those dreams that you're having. And, and, you know, but and in Job, you know, Job 33 talks about how uh, God will deal with us in our sleep. And I always laugh and say, God speaks to me mostly in my sleep. And it's because if I'm awake, I sometimes argue with him. My <laughs> intellect will argue with him. Yeah. Well, I can't do that if I'm asleep, right? So I get the 411 if I'm sleeping. But I love, and, and just, I have to just mention, go back and mention the part about Dom. I love that you were seeing Donald Trump lift it up because, you know, so many people see him as, you know, this sort of proud, you know, self uh promoting, lifted up, see him sort of lifted up like that, self-promoting. And before it was all over, after your prayer and what God was showing you in in all of that, your feet were both planted firmly on the ground. Correct. You know, it's like you had a, a strong footing. So it, it's just very interesting. Dreams are so interesting to me because of all that. It's just, it's crazy the way God speaks sometimes. And it's, it is so much fun just seeing uh, where he's taking us and how and how he will speak to us when we're not cognizant of of what's going on. We're not thinking about our day. We're we're in a place like in, in Job, you know, saying, you know, I deal with men and I and I scare them. I give them the word says that you know that I will deal with them, you know, and, and frighten them, you know calling them to me. And and it's just very interesting to me that uh, people are, are having, so many people are having dreams, I mean, and of all walks, right? I mean, we've been hearing the stories about the Muslims uh, hearing, uh, you know, Jesus speak or meeting Jesus in their dreams. You know, Holy Spirit does that. They don't, we don't have to have somebody giving us the information because the Holy Spirit will do it, do it himself. And all we have to really be is just giving him attention, being attentive to him. So a lot of what we teach is how to be attentive. And then we teach I, everything that I teach. Um, and someone told me, I did an interview with somebody on the secular side a couple of weeks ago, and, and uh, the young man said to me, what I like about what you do and the way you talk is you're sort of balanced. And I said, what do you mean by balance? And he said, you're not, he said, uh, I don't usually talk to people about things like dream. I don't interview people about dream interpretation and then the intuitive, because it gets like, oh, you know, who do we, you know, it gets weird and scary and strange and and my audience is very pragmatic. They're all intellectual. He said, you're very balanced, and you talk very pragmatically about and, and get down to the, you know, very 
simplistic, the basics about things as well as the spiritual, but you're balanced in that. And I think that part of what God has put in me is, yes, the spiritual, but I think that you have to have the the uh, realistic part and the you know, the pragmatic or the practical part of teaching and protocol as well so that you don't offend people while you're trying to talk to them about their dreams or or about their, you know, words or whatever. So there is a practical side as well. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, I think that's part of you. See, God puts, I, you know, it, it always says, you know, people are always like, well, I, I don't think I'm called a minister. No, you are. Everybody is. Everybody has yeah, a ministry. Right. It's just some people's ministry sure. is going to be bigger than other people's ministry. Some people are going to have a very small ministry, but that's what they are comfortable with. That's who they were created to be. But the people, and this is what I always try to encourage people, the people that you already have an influence with. You, that is part of your ministry because I can't speak to those people. You have been given that influence. So if, if you have been given that ability to talk to them, that's, that's where you're supposed to go. And you know, I always go back to the verse where it says, if I can trust you with the small, then I will give you the more and, or, or the larger, you know, God will start us with, with small. If, if we can't minister to the people in our home, if we can't minister to our friends, if we can't minister to the people that we work with in, with love, with compassion, with understanding, with humility. And if we can't succeed in those areas, God's not going to send you more. He's going to say, let's fine tune what you have before you. And he's going to send you the difficult people, but he's going to teach you if you're willing. See, this is all about about willingness. See, it's just like if you sign up for school, that means you're willing to be taught. If you don't sign up for school, you're not willing to be taught. Not saying that that maybe that came out wrong, but but it's not that you're not interested in that particular course. We'll put it that way. Okay. And And, and the other thing, go go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. (laughs) The other thing I was going to, sorry, sorry about that. The other thing is, you know, we're not all supposed to look alike. Correct. You know, we're not, we're not all supposed to minister in the same way. Correct. And uh, I think God is really calling people out into the world now in the marketplace um, where, where we're actually impacting where people are empty, people are hungry, people are thirsty and they're, and they're seeking. And, um, so we don't, we're not all supposed to look alike. Some of us are, you know, if we're going to be ministering to the New Agers, we've got to know how New Agers talk. You know, if we're going to be ministering to different cultures, we're going to have to understand what their culture and their religion is about so that we can talk to them and we don't shut them down. Shut them down. So that's another area I think that people really um, so often overlook. You know, it's like I don't want to stand in a pulpit, you know, with a microphone in my hand. Well, you're 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 probably not called there anyway, but but you are called to to influence your sphere of influence, just like you were saying, wherever God's put you, what those people in in your field, those are the people you're supposed to be ministering to and can talk to. Absolutely. And, you know, think about it. Think how boring it would be. And I love Joyce Meyer. But what if every single preacher you turned on was Joyce Meyer? 
Every single one. They all sounded yeah. like Joyce Meyer. Yeah. They all had the same stories like Joyce Meyer. See, that's why we love T.D. Jakes and we love Joyce Meyer and we love Joel Osteen and we love Joseph Prince because they're all different. They all have a different way sure. of talking, of communicating, of um, of sharing their stories and their passions and, and bringing out something inside of you. See, I can listen to Joel Osteen and then listen to T.D. Jakes. They could be having the same, same message, but I will come away way in in a different way from Joel than I would from TD and sometimes the two of them combined it's like a double whammy sometimes it it was interesting when I was first starting to to walk and I was starting and I wanted everything of God I listened to Daystar and it was very interesting because I would go from program to program to program and they would all be talking about the same darn thing it was the same message just in a different they would just like they would build on on it and it would be like wait didn't he just talk about that wait, didn't, wasn't Joyce just talking about that? And I started to notice this and it was almost like, it it was sort of like going to school and I was just getting all these courses and they were just building upon each other. And, and so God will use what you're willing to be taught. So if, if you can't go to a school, he'll use books, he'll use the Bible, he'll use whatever if you're willing. And I think that's what I was trying to say. It's, it's your willingness. Like if you're willing to get information, you can find it on YouTube. You can, you know, do stuff online. And that was the other question, Melody, can you sign up for your school um, online? Can you do courses online? Well, right now we do. Yes, I have. What I have is a, a, a mini course that's a month long that is a, it's called See and Discover, and it's about learning about your intuitive giftings. Okay. And about he, hearing better and seeing more and that kind of thing. And part of that is I interview, but I, I still work one-on-one with people. I spend an hour a week with them, and that's a great little course to kind of get a feel as to whether you're interested in, you know, the school. And we are working on the online courses. We don't have all of that up and running yet, but we're working on all that. We've got so much going on. It's, yeah. We're so busy. We don't, we can't, we, we feel like we're running to keep up. Well, that's because everything. Well, we're going there. Well, time, time is short. That's what I keep hearing in my spirit yeah. is time is short. And I don't believe Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Please, dear God, no. Right. <laughs> we got too many people. Yeah. You know, I mean, if there's you really. Too much to do. There's too much to do and the workers are few. And, um, yeah. and, and that's, you know, that's why I think that it's, it's so important. That's why, you know, getting yourself involved in a school, taking some courses, reading books, you know, really starting to stretch the gifts. See, you know, God placed those gifts inside of you the day you were born. It's not like when you decided to follow Jesus. No, they were placed in you the the day that you were born because if if that were not the case, there would be no psychics. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There'd be no mediums. There would be people who weren't practicing. Go ahead. Right. The word says that the gifts are irrevocable. That's right. You either have the gifts or you don't have the gifts. And everybody has gifts. That's That's just the way it is. That's right. And I think it's so important for people to understand it. And I think that's one of the other things that you really do in your school is you really start to teach the people, teach people about their identity. Can you just kind of like elaborate, like why that is so important? Well, you know, the, the, deal, the deal is this. You know, I, I feel like, and you and I have talked about this before, Lisa, but I feel like that um, from the time you're very, very young, I mean, 
a baby even. You know, the enemy is working to keep you from finding your true identity, right? And the reason for that is this. If you never figure out exactly who you are, you can love God, you can worship God, you can you can do all the things that uh, that you feel are necessary to to grow in relationship with the Lord. And the enemy is not he's not necessarily concerned or worried about that. He's concerned about you when you find out who you are, because that's when you're really going to kick him in the teeth. And he's scared to death of that, right? He's just so afraid of you ever finding out what your true identity, your true spiritual identity is, because you're going to come after him. And I don't even mean, I call it howling at the moon. I'm not talking about going out and, and, uh, you know, starting a war, you know, against the demonic. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you standing, stepping into and standing truly in your gifting and your true identity. When you do stand in your original spiritual DNA, you are going to cause all kinds of flack and havoc in in all of the universe for the enemy. And he's just He's he's just waiting with bated breath for you to find out, and he's doing everything he can to keep you from getting there. So part of what we're called to do is really to help people identify who they are and then help promote them, refine that, develop them in that, and then launch them in that so that they can go out and be the fullness of who they are and stand in the fullness of what they were created to be. Well, I think a lot of people struggle. Like, I mean, you might know, you know, you can say, okay, I'm a daughter of God. I know who my father is. Mm -hmm. So you can understand your identity in that. But I think what, what you're saying is so much deeper. It's what is your identity? What did God create you for? What were your purposes? Right. Right. What's your mandate? Everybody actually has mm-hmm. a mandate on their lives. That's so and good. usually there's a bloodline mandate. So there are actual calls on family lines, on bloodlines. And that's why the gifts are passed down from generation to generation. Remember, God says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and uh, Jacob, right? He's always about the generations. And he knew us before the beginning of time, right? And he reaches, he, he stands in, in our present day. He reaches in our our, the ancient, right, past, our bloodline, all the way to the past, the beginning of time, and he reaches into our future, and he wants to pull that into our purposes, his purposes, for our today or our present, so that we can actually stand in the fullness of our mandate and accomplish our mandate during the time that we're on the earth. Then when we get to heaven, we continue to accomplish our mandate, but there it's going to have a different purpose than here. Interesting. See, now, the first thing that you started to say that about generation, I keep thinking about the Levite uh, priests. See, if you were a Levite, Mm -hmm. you were called to be a priest. That was it. If you were a Levite, you were a priest. That's it. It went right through the bloodline. So where did the prophets come from? What line did that come from? 
Well, those those people, you know, I don't know what line that came from. Which which of the twelve tribes is that? What you're asking? Yeah, I, I just because I'm thinking about what, I, what I'm going to have to figure out where um, Samuel came from. That was Hannah's son. Well, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know, but I do know that the uh, tribe of Issachar uh-huh. is a very important intuitive group because they know times and seasons. Okay, so that would be prophets. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that to me is a prophet, and yeah. one of the reasons is because I had a dream. Oh, see, I had a dream several years ago, right? Where um, I, I wake up, I'm seeing all these birds, and I've written, I've got several blog posts on my uh, melodypash.com, my personal site, where I'm talking about birds. I don't know why the Lord speaks so much to me uh, through birds, but birds represent, metaphorically, messengers. Well, the messengers are the prophets. So that does make sense. So I wake up from this dream about all these birds, and I hear, I mean, before I, I'm, I'm still in the alpha state, right? It's, I'm, it's still in that sort of awake, right. sleep state. Right, half awake, half asleep. And I'm not completely... Right? I'm not, I don't even have my eyes open. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, but it's like it's almost audible. He's like the the uh, the uh, migratory birds. No, he said the birds are the birds are landing in Washington and California. And I said, "What birds, Lord?" And he said, "The migratory birds." And I said, "For what reason?" And he said, "Because of the wealth of Rome." Now it took me years to understand what he was saying to me. But he was talking about the migratory birds, and in Isaiah it talks about the migratory birds and how they knew where to be. They knew where they were supposed to be, even the stork. Interesting that we use the stork as a representation of the birth of a child, right? Mm -hmm. It's like they knew where they needed to be, and they knew when they needed to be there. Well, the wealth of Rome represents the transference of wealth and of a, a system that has held wealth, right? So, and wealth represents supply. It's about building kingdom. It's not about gold. It's about building the kingdom of God. It's about any resource that we have available to us. And so he was telling me that there would be a day that he would call me to call the migratory birds or the migratory prophets into Washington and California. Now, interesting, that same year that I had that dream, I came out to Washington State, and I prophesied to a gentleman that I just met in uh, Bothell, Washington, and his name was Tim Taylor. You probably have never heard of him, but he is, um, I can't, I'm, you guys will have to look him up, but I can't remember the name of his ministry right now, but I prophesied to him. He was in the process of writing a book about the eagles, literally, that there were more eagles that had uh, had been arriving in Washington State than ever before. It's like the number was higher than ever before, and he was correlating the eagles to the prophets coming into Washington, wow. Washington State. So when he finished his book, he actually mentioned us in his book. Then two years ago, no, it was last year, last year in March, the Lord sent a teammate, one of our interns and I, to San San Juan Capistrano, California, 
where the the uh, swallows arrived, right, at the old mission. And he had us go to the mission and prophesy and call the migratory birds into California as well, the prophets into California. Now, we don't always get to see the fruit of what God has us do on these prophetic assignments, but I love the way he works. And that was all in correlation to this dream he gave me years ago. Wow. You just you just totally answered so I something. Think, <laughs> I, I think the Issachar anointing is, is connected to the, prophet, to the prophetic. That's why. Sorry, would you say? No, no. Um, it's very interesting. I was sitting on, on my back deck. I have a very large backyard, and I was sitting on my back deck, and I saw, I, I'm not joking, Melody, I there were probably 100 birds that were on. They just landed wow. on my backyard, and they were all eating. And I just heard like in my spirit that it's ripe for harvest. And I keep seeing, I keep seeing these people in my backyard and I keep telling my husband, I'm like, I think we're going to have revival in my backyard. <laughs> I think we're going to have revival yeah. in our backyard. Yeah. I really do. And I keep thinking to myself that I'm going to have some sort of a, um, a night of worship or, or some sort of a outdoor thing mm-hmm. where people are going to start getting mm-hmm. healed. But I have never seen so many birds. They just flew and they just, I, I'm constantly, constantly seeing birds on my property. And I always thought it was, it was just a reminder. Remember the birds in the air, they do not work, but yet I feed, you know, that I feed them. Look at the birds. Yeah. I always thought it was that, but when they came this time and they came and they all swooped down, I was like this, Mm. that he, he is preparing this, this field. That's what I felt like he was, that it was preparing that field. He really is. He really is. And think of it, two things. Think of it like this. Think of it as if he's using a play on words, right? And he's saying revival is going to happen right in your backyard. Uh-huh. Maybe not literally in your backyard, but right in your backyard. New Jersey. Think of it like that, yeah. too. Yeah. So you're... So your sphere of influence is larger than you think, but it's right in your backyard. And then the other thing I was going to say is people get all weirded out because they, for some reason, they correlate the raven or the crow right to the occult. People get all weird and get the heebie-jeebies about that. The Lord started talking to me about the ravens and the crows. Actually, one of our uh, associates had a dream about ravens showing up, and uh, this started all. This has been several years ago, I don't know, three or four years ago now. But then the Lord started talking about the crows, and the crows, he told me, and I did a blog post on this, represent that new remnant of the prophetic who are very edgy and they don't look like the rest of the church. Mm. And they're hungry and they're showing up looking for someone to train them to release the Word of the Lord, which is in their original DNA. That's good. That's really good. But they're the people with the piercings and the tattoos, and they're not going to look like everybody else. They're going to be able to reach a a society, a a group of society in society that the the church is not going to be able to ever touch, talk to, or get close to. They can't find them because they're underground. Yep. Yep. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, we need to reach the, the 
the ones who are hurting the most. I mean, the people who are in the in, right. in gay communities who have been told by the church that God doesn't love right. them, that God punished them, oh. that that the Orlando oh, shooting was judgment. I, when I heard that, oh yeah. my gosh, Melody, oh, my Lord. heart broke because I was like, I that is not too. my father. I don't know who you're talking about, but that's not my daddy. Like yeah. seriously, and yeah. I and I've had so many dreams about gay people. <laughs> I have and, mm. and and famous gay people. I've had dreams about Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. I've yeah. had dreams about Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, right. I've had Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. Yes, yep. I've had yes. dreams about her. And, and and write newsflash. There is. A, I have a newsflash for you. God loves gay. Yes, I agree with that one hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. No question about I, that. I'm with. I am with you. I've had prophetic words about Ellen DeGeneres. Yep. Like, you're going to have a word for Ellen DeGeneres. I'm like, okay. Yep. All right. Yep. I had this dream where I was supposed to be meeting her. We were in this beautiful, very posh restaurant, and everything was white, everything. And we were right by windows, and she was sitting across from me, and I was just chit-chatting with her. And I was actually going to even ask about her wife. I mean, seriously, and I was just waiting wow. for the conversation sure. to to allow me to open up to talk to her about Jesus. I've had dreams about Charlie sure. Sheen before he turned, before he, mm. when he was like in that really dark place. When If anybody ever saw that video, that video where yeah. his face contorted and stuff. <laughs> that was like, mm. that was a demon. I mean, I look, I, this is before I was spirit filled. I'm like... That's a demon. <laughs> I don't know what everybody else thinks that is. <laughs> but but I had a dream. I had a dream about him. I had a dream about um about wow. Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise said he was going to go to hell and I prayed over him. And I told him, no, he's not because I put, I put my hand on his heart and I prayed over him. And it's funny because, you know, mm. the Lord will put people into your heart. He will put sure, people into absolutely. your dreams for a reason. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean I'm going to meet Tom Cruise, although, Lord, um, if you want me to meet yeah. him and minister to him, I have no problem with it. But but well, this this is the thing is that, you know, God is just looking, you know, where, where it says in Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me. He's looking for more. Here I am, yeah. send me. <laughs> right. And Lisa, Lisa, you had the dream about Tom and you prayed yes. for him, right? Yes, I absolutely did. Yep. Okay. You already have met him in a spirit dimension. I agree with you that. Have, you, you accomplished. You were, you were there. Yeah. You were there. Yep. That's what happens in your dreams. That's exactly what happens in your dreams. Interesting. Interesting. He accomplishes things. He partners with us in our dreams. And we can't just poo-poo that stuff. We can't, right. just, we can't just throw that stuff out because sometimes it needs further intercession. It needs right. to be covered. It needs, but, but he accomplishes things with us all the time in our dreams. I mean, Ian Clayton's always talking about all kinds of transport and translocation and all kinds of things that he does in dreams. Right. You know? Right. He, he goes places with the Lord and works with him on assignment all the time. Well, you know, it's very funny. I just recently heard somebody just very casually. I haven't found that found it to be true, but something was mentioned about Tom Cruise and they said, yeah, he's leaving Scientology. I went, wait, what? <laughs> wait, <laughs> hold on one oh second. My gosh. Yeah. That's what I heard. And I was like, seriously, that's amazing. That's amazing. If that happens, which, yeah, I mean, if that, you know, you know, even if he doesn't leave Scientology, we have got to believe that God's big enough that he touched him and that they have a relationship. They will have a relationship because 
we know that God is that big. You didn't have that dream for no reason. No, I agree with that 100%. And, you know, it's really, what's really cool is that God doesn't, he doesn't look at Scientology. Although I I do have to just share this because it's, it's really funny. I went to, to this, um, I have, um, some friends and and they have this, uh, Times Square house of prayer. So it's tea shop. Right. And they were meeting in all these different oh, right. places. Right. And so I, I was yeah. going there to, to see them and I was so excited. And as we're walking and I'm walking to get close to, to this place and I'm walking, I look and I go, oh, my gosh, there's the Church of Scientology. Well, the Church of Scientology backed up to, next to this building where my friend was having oh. his, his thing. And so so we're upstairs and we're starting to worship. And as I'm starting to worship, this huge demon like pops through the, I see this in my, in a vision. I see this huge demon and almost looks like a dog. I've seen it. Now I've seen this, this demon twice. I saw it once at a funeral that covered the body. Like, don't even think about it. Mine. And the same thing came through this, came through the wall again, like, don't even think about it. Mine. You know, and it was almost like a, um, it was almost like a, oh, it's that dog. What is it? The devil dog, the guard dog of, of hell. I don't know if that's a true thing, but like, I'm thinking of like the Greek mythology kind of thing, but that's, that's what mm-hmm. I kind of saw. It's kind of like that. And so what was really interesting is as we were praying and we were praying and I was just praying in the spirit, you know, praying in tongues and I was praying. I started to beat on my on my thighs like drums. I was playing drums, and the Lord said that they were war drums. And so, so we were we were playing war drums, and the, and it was interesting because the night before I went to this thing, I had this dream, and you're gonna love this. In this dream, there were these Asian people following me and I was trying to go to the bathroom, but these Asian people will not let me go. And finally I had to take this one Asian woman into the bathroom with me because I really had to, to, to tinkle. And so in my dream, I had this Asian woman and I was trying to tinkle and she was like holding the door for me. And we were in the bathroom together. When I went, mm-hmm. when I went to tea shop, guess what was it? There were Asian people there. One of the Asian women who looked just like the woman who was in my dream. I mean, just like the woman who was in my dream Mm. started to manifest a demon. And so that's why I had a dream about the bathroom because bathroom is is, is basically deliverance or or getting rid of like stuff, right? (laughs) you know? So go ahead. What were you going to say? The two, the the dog that you're talking about, Uh that's the terror. That's the terror dog. And do you remember the do you remember the movie Ghostbusters? Yes. Okay. Well, do you remember Zool? Yes. Yes, that's what it looks like. That's okay. exactly what it looks like. Well, Zool Zool was and is the gate it's a gatekeeper. <gasps> He's a gatekeeper for Gozer. Yes, they are true demons. Oh my gosh. So like Ghostbusters yeah. was like like based on real stuff. Well, I believe they're the. I believe they're real, but 
But in the dream, but in the uh, movie, Zul was yes. a minion of Gozer, and he was uh, the gatekeeper. There were the two dogs. It was Zul and Gozer, and they were gatekeepers. So especially, you were talking about, like, the dog being over the dead woman. Yes. that's That was the gatekeeper, yeah. Because wow. remember, our our spirits or our bodies, you know, our bodies in the earth were portals, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the spiritual, but the but the enemy hijacks, you know, he's always trying to hijack that. So it's like the vessel, he was he was uh guarding the vessel. Isn't that interesting? The dead vessel. Yeah. That well, interesting. Well somebody said to me that that you might have touched that person and that person might have came back to life. Yeah. Which I had well, no intention of doing, but <laughs> you know, absolutely. But I believe that even if that didn't happen in the natural, mm-hmm. that it happened in the spiritual realm, because in other dimensions, those things are always going on. Like I, I know I told you a story about the, you know, the little dead, the the little the spirit of the dead child in South Africa where I was yes. staying. Yes, uh, where. You know, there's, I'm laying on the bed, and I feel this hand trying to touch me, and there's a crib, an antique crib in this old guest house next to the bed, and I sort of jump and wake up, and uh, I'm, I'm asking the Lord what's going on, because we've already cleansed the, the house and, and everything, and the Lord says to me, I want you to listen to me. I'm talking to you about the spirit of this, this child that died in this crib, and I'm like, What? You know, please don't start talking to me about dead people, right? right. <laughs> but this now, this is decades later. I don't know how. I don't know how many, right? Because this is a very old uh, crib. And he says to me, "This child died. Uh, it was. I knew it was a little girl. Died in her sleep in the crib. Her parents never." never got over it and never let go of her spirit. I want you to release forgiveness to them from me to them. Now, he could do that, but for some reason he wanted me to help partner with him. And then from the child to them, and then release her spirit into my arms. I'm like, but God, it's like years later, he's like, just do it. Just do it. See, now that... Like, okay, well... You're God. Yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to try to explain it to you. You're God. So so basically, okay. You know because as as we start to <laughs> as we start to allow ourselves to come out of the box cuz see I always thought that God mm-hmm. was in the box, but God started to tell mm-hmm. me he said, "Honey, I've never been in the box. You've been in the box. So it's time for you to come right. out of the box." Because we think right. that we put God in a box. You can't put God in a box. But but in our thinking, yeah. we put ourselves in this box that God will only do this for us. Yeah. So God will only be able to move this yeah. way. So one of the things that's very interesting, see now, because people will use scripture and see the Lord really talked to me about this. He said that there are people who use my word to mean one thing. And he says that when they do, mm-hmm. they, they kill it. It does not become alive mm-hmm. anymore. He says, because my word yep. doesn't die. It changes. I change. Yeah. It lives. It's, yeah. it's living. That means it can't just mean one yeah. thing. That means that you can think, you know, now to him can do, exactly. he can do exceedingly and abundantly far above all we can ask, think, or imagine through Christ Jesus. Exactly. Right? That's a great yeah. verse. Yeah. Now we can think of it in one yeah. way. Well, if we, if we allow the Holy Spirit to show us, he can take that verse and he can use it in so many different applications. It doesn't, it doesn't right. just mean one thing. It means a lot of right. things. 
And so that mm-hmm. means that it's ever changing and it's always alive. Okay. And I don't mean that it physically changes yeah. its wording, but it's meaning it's interpretation, sure. your understanding of it. Yeah. It has to, because it yeah. lives. But what he said is he said that there are lots and lots of people who use his word and they kill it and it becomes dead mm-hmm. because it only could mean this one yeah. thing. And so he's been really talking to me about some of the spiritual things because uh, I I have had instances where you and I have kind of spoken about, but I have had instances that, that the Lord has shown me and revealed things to me that I had to like, say, wait a second, (laughs) wait, whoa, Mm -hmm. hold on there. That that's true. That can happen. You know, and that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, that's not that's not my theology. I, I've never heard that before. It, I didn't hear that from the pulpit. Exactly. And so it scares us. It really does. It yeah. scares us and it intimidates us. But see, as we draw closer to the Father and the Father starts to talk to us and starts to share with us things. Look, if somebody would have said to the disciples, hey, guess what? You can actually see Moses and Elijah. Those disciples would have mm-hmm. said, are you kidding me? They are, they're, they've been gone. They can't come back. They're in the holy place. Holy place can't come back to earth. I mean, they could have given so many different things. However, when they went up to the mountain of transfiguration and they saw Jesus in his fullness, and then they saw Moses and Elijah and they wanted to build tabernacles, right. you know, it, it, right. it changed their theology. It was like, yep. whoa. So, and I think what what you just said about that, this, you know, what we hold on to, I think that is so powerful. What you just said, Melody, what, what we hold on to, we keep here. And I think that's why it's so important for us to forgive quickly, to release things so that we always become pliable. So we don't, we don't like make ourselves hardened. And so when you, when you did these things, what, what happened? Like with this, when you, when you started to pray and you started to release, what actually, what, yeah. did, what did you say? Well, what I saw was, I, well, I kept seeing the child. I kept seeing the face of the child. And, but the, but it was interesting because there, I had a vision of the husband and the wife. They were quite, they were young. They were maybe in their, you know, middle thirties, you know, but, um, maybe not young for parenthood, but apparently this was the only child that they had. And I saw them standing, looking at the crib. And while they were there, it was like we were all gathered in another dimension, right? And in a heavenly dimension, but right there in South Africa, in Riebeck Castile, in the wine country, in this old guest house, in this bedroom. And I was just doing all of the things God was telling me to do. Okay, so I'm, I'm praying over all of this, and I'm releasing uh, forgiveness and asking forgiveness on their behalf, doing identificational forgiveness. And when I got to the end and the Lord said, release her, I want you now to declare, release her into my arms, I literally saw, like, bam, she went directly to heaven. She went directly into his arms in in like an instant, a blink of an eye. But the same thing happened with the with the mother and the father. So they were all together. But apparently that was logistically what needed to happen in, you know, God's 
you know, I mean, he there are these universal laws, these right that he never really goes against. But he, he's sort of written he's sort of written the story out. We just don't always understand it. But he can operate in other dimensions and accomplish things that he could not have, and never did happen in the earth. That's not the only experience I have had uh, with with releasing. Uh, you were talking about, you know, like praying over Tom Cruise. I was praying for a friend who was going, was a first responder to a an accident, and uh, he got there, and the gentleman was dead, and he was there, and I was not there. I was in another place, and the Lord said to me, prophesied that this that this first responder uh, calls this man calls this man out of the clutches of the enemy you know, and releases him into my arms. Now, that was the, that was just not theology. I didn't have the theology or the doctrine for that, but I know to be obedient. I mean, I know what I'm hearing from God, you know, so I did exactly what he said. Then the friend comes back, the first responder guy comes back, and, and so I'm saying, you know, with my friend and I that have been, had been praying, we're like, well, how'd it go? What happened? Tell us what happened. He said, well, he was, he was dead on arrival, but the weirdest thing happened. I'm like, what? He said, God told me to call the man from the clutches of the enemy and release him into his arms. Now, I did not make that up. Wow. That's amazing. It happened in another dimension. Hello? I couldn't have come up with that on my own. I'm not that smart. <laughs> That's so good. That is just so good. And I, that's so our father. And I so needed that confirmation. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, you know, you start to, you know, you start to hear stuff and you start to, to, to see stuff. And, you know, as we as we truly let go of us and we really, truly start to trust the father, he will take us into yeah. places that different people don't go. Look, you know, when Jesus needed to go do like right. go back to the mountain of transfiguration. He took Peter, James and John. He didn't take all 12 disciples right? because not all 12 That's disciples true. could go. And so there's a trust thing. There's a, you know, Peter yeah. trusted Jesus. He still had fear, but he yeah. trusted Jesus. John trusted mm-hmm. Jesus. So he had the people that mm-hmm. he trusted and he was able to take them into these places and to expose them into things that, right. Other people, like even raising the the child from the dead, Mm -hmm. he let the mother, the father, Peter, James, and John. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody else had to stay outside. And he rebuked half of them as he was going up the stairs. (laughs) You know? Right. He's like, get out and I I rebuke you. (laughs) Yeah. He just, you know, he's so, he... He's so big, Mm -hmm. right? He's just so big. I mean, he, he explained to me that that someone in the family line had prayed for this man that was killed. Mm-hmm. And because they had prayed, even though he didn't receive Christ before he died, that God was still faithful. That's, so that's how faithful he is. He, he is. can do it after death if yeah. he wants to. Well, see, you know, that's the other thing, too, because um, 
there, you know, there have been celebrities that have gone on and there are, are some people that, that we are both mm-hmm. friends with who have written blogs about different celebrities, you know, you know, half of the church is like, oh, they're in hell. And, and you know, you, right. you start asking the father, where are they? They're, and he's like, they're with me. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. wait a second. Yeah. You I know, got it right here. Yeah. Here, you want to talk to him? <laughs> Yeah. Here, talk in my right. ear. Tell my daughter you're okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, right. you know, crazy, crazy, crazy. Right. crazy. We, yeah, we, we are the ones with the limited mindset Absolutely. and with the limited doctrine and theology and intellect. Yep. That's, that's just us. But God is trying to, he is trying to communicate and, and give revelation to, to those who will hear that he's bigger. He's much bigger than our understanding. That's he will always be bigger than our understanding. And and I think that's why it's so important for people to hear. And, you know, sometimes people can't hear, and there are other people who can hear. And so if, if you do know somebody like Melody, you, you give prophetic reading. So if you wanted to get a prophetic reading, it's a 30-minute reading, and and it's 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 powerful, but it's it's that time, it's that time of intimacy, it's that time of intercession that yeah. you go to the Father before and say, Lord, yeah. what do you have for your child? You know, because yeah. that's what we do. When I pray for somebody, I always ask the Father. I say, Daddy, I go tell them something and do because we I went to to a yeah. church and I you know everybody was praying over this person and prophesying over this person and I said Lord I said daddy please just give me a word for her that nobody else gave her mm. this woman was wrecked mm-hmm. because one of the words that I had yeah. for her is I yeah. said you call because yeah, she, she give them something they need absolutely yeah. she, she she wasn't married she she so mm. we broke off some curses especially spinster Seriously, like that was a word that came mm. out of my mouth. But sure. I, and I said to her, mm. I said, you call Jesus your husband. But then I did this like little sing songy thing and I tapped her on the head and go, but not for long. I said, because you're getting yeah. married. Mm. I said, and God's preparing you <laughs> and he already showed you the dress and you've already picked it out. And she, she looked at me and she goes, it's hanging in my closet. I saw I said, I, I love it. saw the dress. I said, and he gave you the money for oh. it and he helped you and he helped you find mm. it. She goes, Lisa, it doesn't even have to be altered. See mm. that to me, that to me gives that woman the assurance that what she did is not crazy sure. because she might've been right. thinking to herself, I am crazy that I have this wedding dress <laughs> hanging in my closet. You know, right. and what the heck is wrong with me that I have this wedding dress and yeah. I'm not even engaged. But see, yeah. God said to her, you have a wedding dress because, mm-hmm. yes, the promises that I gave you that you will be married. Right. I am confirming yeah. right now. So getting a prophetic word, I think, is important. I mean, everybody look, even even Saul, before he became the king, had to sure. come against mm-hmm. Samuel. And Samuel was sent to him to be sent into his destiny. And I think like, that's the one thing that I love about what you do, Melody, is that you get people into the place of getting into their destiny. So if if somebody wanted to, to reach you to get a prophetic word, how would they go about doing it? The best thing to do is to go to uh, www.melodypash.com. 
and uh, just go to the intuitive reading page, and there are several options there. And um, then I pray, and I ask for the Lord to give me, and they can ask they can ask specific questions um, if they want to. Now, some people write books in there. It's better if you don't do that, but <laughs> lots of people do do ask questions, specific questions, and I, I always ask God about those specific questions. And then we just have to trust God to speak to whatever He wants to, but He's pretty good about that kind of stuff, especially for destiny and directional stuff. And then I record what I hear, in, um, and then I put it in an email. It's a 30-minute MP3, and I send it to them in email. Okay. So if you guys want to go and get a word, you can go to www.melody, M-E-L-O-D-Y, Pash, P-A-S-C-H.com. Did I spell that right? Yes. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> and if you guys are also interested in checking out her school, it's www.nowinterpretthis.org, and you guys can find out. Also, Melody has a, a book that you can also you can download, correct? Uh, a Dream Interpretation book? Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually right now only in a hard copy. Not hard copy, but it's a copy. It's, it's not Kindle, but it is on, I do have a dream journal on Amazon, yes. Okay. And you can just, uh, yeah, you can just go to Melody Bashett, or but it's just called the Now Interpret This Dream Journal. Okay. That is, I I just think that what you're doing is so awesome. And so let me ask you before we, and I just wanted you to just pray and just pray at releasing, if you could, over those who are listening, um, just a a releasing or even, um, I'm also hearing like the word digging up of stuff that people have buried, dreams Mm. and stuff. So Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't mind doing that. Yeah. Lord, I just ask right now that you reach and I just, I'm seeing, I'm literally seeing his finger just just touching, going into the deep places of people's hearts and saying, remember that dream? Remember that dream? Remember that vision? That was not just your idea. That was not just your imagination. That was my dream for you. That was part of your destiny. And I'm bringing it all up again, and I see it bubbling up. I see as he puts his finger, it's like a long finger, like E.T. is going into each person's heart and their spirit. And then it, and then it, uh, it's like it, it catches on fire. You know, it, it, it uh, shines like fire and it touches and boils that reservoir where all of that has been, has been sitting like dormant and it's all bubbling up now to the surface again. And he's bringing it all up and people are going to begin to dream again about those visions and those dreams and begin to think about those visions and those dreams and even get prophetic words about those visions and those dreams. And they're the door, the portals to their destinies are begin are going to begin to swing open, fly open where they can run in without fear and with the confidence and the assurance that it is what God has called them to. He is renewing their minds in all of those areas where vision has has just uh, become uh, paralytic or just become dormant, just 
just been lying around. He's just touching all of that, and it's all coming again to life. So, Lord, I just thank you for that, and I ask that you sanctify and that you blow your breath, your fire, upon all of these dreams and bring them back to life for these people and allow each one to step into their destiny. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm seeing someone playing the piano. Uh, It's like they play the piano beautifully, and uh, for some reason they they stopped. I don't know whether it was something with the hands or, but something happened with the with the piano. They quit playing the piano, and it's been like years. I'm seeing like eight or ten years, and they're sitting down to the piano again, and it's flowing. The music is flowing out of them from the heavenlies. Music that the earth has not even yet heard. Lord, just bless that. I feel that right now. That is so good. Daddy, you are so sweet. So sweet. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oof. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> That's so good. That is so good. That is so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Melody, thank you so much for for sharing your time with us. This has been this has been so great. I mean, just the revelation and the fun things that that came out of this discussion. That's what I love about doing like working in conjunction with Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit just knows exactly how to flow. And so this has just been so great. So thank you so much for coming on. Guys, if you want to get in touch with Melody, you can find her at www.nowinterpretthis.org. If you want information about her school, you can also go to her website, www.melodypashpaash.com. If you'd like to get a personal reading or dream interpretation, you can also find her book um, on Amazon.com. So, Melody, thank you so much. Um, I, I would love to have you come back, especially as you start your online school, because that was the first thing that I saw is it's going to be an online school. So it's going fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be really, really soon. And I also see that you're going to be doing a lot more traveling. You think you're traveling now? I hate to tell you, but you're going to be doing mm. a lot more traveling. I, okay, I, yeah, Lord, I, I'm listening. I, I, but I, I hear the word jet setter. So, mm. <laughs> so thank you yes, again. Lord. Thank you again, guys. Thank, thank you. you so much, Lisa, for having me. Oh, this has been such a pleasure guys. I hope that you have been blessed as much as I have been. Just remember if you wanted to reach out, you can go to now and check out her school. Um, thank you guys for listening. Bless you from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. And just remember to go out and touch mm. someone. Good night.